Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Bring, Bring us, us in, in babe. babe. Welcome, Welcome to okay. Coco Caliente. Right, you're doing your own thing now, huh? You're, you're on your own schedule. This is the Coco Show. This is the Coco Show. Welcome to the Coco Show, where Caliente doesn't exist. All right. Well, you take it away, babe. Okay. No, I need your help. <laughs> SOS. SOS. <laughs> no, I did want to talk about... Um, so we've had this coffee maker... And this is completely off topic from what we're going to yes. talk about this episode. But we have this coffee maker and we've had it for, would you say like two years, three years? Since he moved in, probably three, three and a half years. Three, three and a half years. Okay, so we've had this coffee maker for three, three and a half years. And then one day we turn it on and it does the whole, like, you know, like it's going to go and then it just doesn't. And all, all is coming out is like dew or like some steam, but actual liquid isn't coming out. Mm-hmm. So then Nicole's like, well, maybe if you put vinegar, my, she asked her mom, maybe you should put vinegar in there. Uh, and I think it was just vinegar and water, right? And just run it yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll clean out some of the stuff. And I was like, yeah, that, that's a good idea. But your mom does that every month, right? Which means it's not as clogged as ours is three years worth. Yeah, we didn't know you had to clean <laughs> I uh, had no idea. the coffee machine. We're not the most intelligent. Well, this I think these are things that you learn over time, especially yeah. when you're doing your own, your own thing. Um, cause even when I lived on my own in California, I didn't have a coffee maker mm-hmm. and I didn't make coffee. I mean, right. that wasn't a thing for me. Right. So anyway, I find a way, uh, yeah, I take apart the coffee maker. I pull out some of the tubes that are inside. I empty those out. I thought it was a pretty fun little project. Spent most of my morning doing that. It still didn't work. I ran the vinegar in there. It still didn't work. So now Nicole and I are in a conundrum, right? Cause I want to get a coffee maker that has a Keurig attachment. He doesn't even drink coffee. I do though. I do. I drink coffee at least two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And Nicole doesn't. Nicole wants the exact same coffee maker that we already have. It's a retro one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a light baby blue type deal, and it's, it's literally from the like retro nostal- series. It's called like nostalgia. Yeah, it's a retro series nostalgia it's coffee cute. maker. It is cute. But if we're gonna buy a coffee maker, shouldn't we buy one that'll be the most useful for us? I don't, why is a Keurig, okay, so why is a Keurig more useful? Let's say we both want coffee, then we got to make two cups. No. So if you want coffee, you could still make your 
own little coffee like that. But also, the, okay, so okay, I see Keurig that. is just a brand too. So you can get normal coffee in those little cup things and you're only making one cup opposed to making a whole pot. Okay, so I want it for aesthetics and you want it for practical use. So I see the dilemma here. So anyway, that's that's what we're dealing with over here. But this is just a little reminder. If you have a coffee pot, maybe run vinegar through it. I don't know how that works. It, it does work. Yeah, you run, run vinegar through it at least once a month. Do you then? Do you have to run another thing with just water to clean out the vinegar so your coffee doesn't taste like vinegar the next time you try it? I don't think so. It won't taste like I vinegar. I would Google it, but... <laughs> anyway, just a reminder to clean your coffee pot so you don't find yourself in the predicament that we found ourselves in this week. Changing yes. topics. We are... So I guess this episode is based on... Um, or dedicated to... Dedicated to shopping small, small businesses, small restaurants, like supporting people in your community that are going through hard times with covid and um, it is the holiday season, and so we just wanted to particularly, particularly, you got it. Share um, two of our best friends' stories. They're local. They own a restaurant. Um, and then also we decided to pick a listener, someone who submitted a. Um, I think we had on Instagram to like submit your business and we will showcase it. And so we picked a business that had a great story, super um, inspirational, but also sad. And so that way you guys can, you know, show support to them or to your local businesses. Absolutely. Uh, And it's no secret now that, uh, you know, the economy is being hit hard Mm -hmm. and small businesses are being hit especially hard. Yeah. You know, millions and millions of Americans that rely on these small businesses as Mm -hmm. their bread and butter and the people that work for them. So this is our way of showing support out to them. Um, and yeah, so we, we really hope you guys enjoy this and uh, show some love to your local small business. Oh, cat. like a Maine Coon or something yeah, what like is that? that? It's like really fluffy cats, like outdoor. Oh. They look like, like a lynx almost, but it's a type of cat. Oh, my, my, is that my voice? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is your voice. Wait, so can you, can you move hear? the microphone towards you. <laughs> so we have, so we, so guys, we're podcasting with our friends today and, uh, They've never really podcast. Have you guys ever podcasted before? I have never done a podcast before. I've listened to a ton. Listen to your guys, obviously. (laughs) I've only ever listened to one podcast before, and that's theirs. Oh, well, aren't we flattered, baby? We are. So they did us a favor, and when I say they, I mean, so it's it's Mike Meinhold and and Jacqueline Siv, right? They're friends of of ours. Uh, They live in, I guess, Bad Axe, you'd call it. Right? They, Technically, they, yeah, we have we have a house in Ann Arbor, but we've been in Bad X for the last what nine I, months? Yeah, ever since March, ever since. And we've um, been friends with you guys since I moved in here, right? So mm-hmm. let's say the better part of like three, four years. Yeah, four I guess years, so. Something like that, yeah. right? Something like that. Yeah, seems right. Um, I think we even met you the first time you ever came to like Huron County. I think we went to the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like a Christmas painting. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, it was like Christmas oh, yeah. time or whatever. Okay, and, well, th- I guess this is uh, yeah, good intro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm messing with the cable here that the it's cats fine, are eating. Victor. Well, I just don't want the cat to eat through it. Um, that's not. So that cute little fluffy cat on my Instagram. That's Jacqueline. Exactly. So that's <laughs> I was I was slowly getting there. Okay. So they uh, Jacqueline's family owns a restaurant that she partially owns as well, right? I guess you guys kind of own. Yeah, my family owns the restaurant, and I've pretty much just been working there ever since exactly. ever since I can remember. So. so that's where we met them. Anyway, so she happens to be an animal lover as much as Nicole. 
right? Mm -hmm. And cat seems like to seems to be like a specialty of theirs, right, Mike? She's yeah. also a cat whisperer, I would say. Uh, yeah, she's definitely a cat whisperer. And every time I see a pregnant cat outside their house, I'm like, oh no, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> Please, cat, go away. I feel like I don't even try to. I mean, I just feel like they're always there, and once you see them, you you can't like walk away, or you can't yeah. keep driving, or you can't look away. So, uh -huh. I mean, it's not like I go out seeking all these uh, I agree. all these you know outdoor or orphan kittens. It's like they they literally find me where. Wherever I go, they find me. It's so, so crazy because they always seem to find Nicole, too. <laughs> I, I just don't know how that happens. Well, nonetheless, they found this baby, fluffy, tiny little cat. I'm not going to lie. It is one of the cutest cats that I've seen. Um, and she brought him here today. So he or she? He? She? I think we just said, I think Nicole's dad is the one that actually identified... Um, Inaccurately, as, maybe. We don't no, know. I he, would trust he him over. Yeah. He thinks it's a she, so we'll find out. In a later episode, we'll, we'll update tell. you guys. Yeah, you can't tell. Yeah. I, I tried to look, and he said it was a she, and I was like, oh, whatever you say. Uh, so Nicole's holding said cat right and now. And Jacqueline, yeah. tell him a little bit about Migu. Migu. Um, so last year, we, um, we f saw this little kitten outside that... Um, was like scooting around on its two front legs and um, was dragging its back legs. And we thought, oh, maybe it's, it's legs fell asleep. I don't even know if that happened. Like the legs, but, like the legs yeah, fell asleep. Yeah, or something we didn't like realize. Like, I've never seen a, I guess, a paralyzed kitten before. And mm -hmm. she was about as big as this oh. one is right now. So about five or six weeks old. And the first time I saw her, it was actually a video that my little sister had gotten of her. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we have to help her. So yeah. um we we did. We ended up being able to catch her outside. You know, we had to um kind of search for her in cornfields multiple times and we ended up taking her in with the intent of uh, you know, fostering her and finding her uh, a, home. a home and everything. Yep. So um when we went back to Ann Arbor, uh at the end, you know, we we were in Bad X, um, back and forth a lot because Mike's dad was actually really sick. So we and, and just to clarify, between Bad X and Ann Arbor is about two and a half right now. Yeah, the two, two and a half, half hours. hours. And yeah. you guys come back, and we'll get to that later. But you guys drive back and forth yeah. pre-COVID pre every week, every, every week weekend. since yep. about two thousand and eight. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys go back to Ann Arbor and. And we brought the kitten with us, and I think we had it for about two days. And I found a coworker that you know thought, "Oh, this kitten's cute. I'm going to you know I'm like." You know, I'll, ad I'll adopt her. I'm like, perfect. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, we I didn't realize I was going to get attached to her in two days. So um, <laughs> we cried when we gave her away. And then I was very clear, like, if it doesn't work out, please just tell me. Like, there, it's it's totally fine. We'll take her right back. Um, and I remember after two days, he's like, it's really hard. I'm like, that's fine. And I was actually really – I was um, in a weird way happy because mm -hmm. I, I, like, wanted her – I wanted her I'm back. I'm sure Mike shared in your joy. Um, well, <laughs> I was like, please just keep her. <laughs> no. At, well, at that time, we had also taken in a litter of five. So we had six mm -hmm. kittens and oh, one okay. paralyzed one. And yeah. our goal was to, you know, just kind of foster them and dot them out. And I kind of stopped looking for a, a foster home for my one kit for Migu, who is the paralyzed one. And yeah. it just became a thing where we didn't really talk about it. But finally, I think... It, right in november so after like four months i was you know like mike i know we haven't officially talked about this but but you know she's part of the family right <laughs> and, like, and he was like i figured that <laughs> three right. months ago like he's like i've been i was like oh, thank god because here i am like oh my gosh i'm gonna take in another like mm -hmm. i but i just fell in love with her 
You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on content. Do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anyone that wants to make eye-catching content. And Issue makes it easy. Simply upload your PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. And you can start using Issue free. And they also offer premium features that give more customized experience. Get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use the promo code COCO. That's issue, I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and use the promo code COCO, C-O-C-O at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code Cold cocoa. I just want to hear from Mike's perspective because I know you you handle a lot of the day to day with that cat, right? But from Mike's mm-hmm. perspective, what does it take day to day to take care of a paralyzed cat? Mm-hmm. Oh man! So it's the first thing she does when she wakes up, and it's the last thing she does before she goes to bed. So it's just constant cleaning the room. Um, you know, Mika's pretty good about going in the litter, but you know, without having good use of the back legs, she can make a little bit of a mess. Yeah, she, I mean, Mike probably doesn't know as much. I mean, I don't make him help me clip, but she doesn't have control of her bladder. Yeah, and she, yeah, she doesn't have so, control of the bladder. So she doesn't oh, because know. Because it's that part that's it's, also it's, paralyzed. Yeah, it's like a neurological. We've taken her to the vet and everything because at the time we weren't sure if it was, you know, um, did she get ran over? Did she get hit? And it was, she was born like that. It's like a neurological. Oh. Um, like a defect. Yeah, I yep. told Jacqueline she needs to write a book because there's not like cause there's she, not a lot of she learned on everything on her own by yeah. trial and error, and she the knows hard what way. works and knows what doesn't work. <laughs> but I didn't when we took her in. We literally used to lay um like like sheets, like blanket sheets, across the floor because she would leak like leak urine everywhere mm-hmm. that she went when she would scoot on her butt. So it was like you know you you were trying to get it so it wasn't all over the carpet or all over the yeah. floor and we would just put like um like pillows and blankets and i didn't realize that you know you can buy washable um mm-hmm. like pee pads for yeah, pets and true. i didn't realize that all these things exist i kind of learned through you know trial and error like nicole said and, and even, i f- even food feeding her yeah. yeah like it used to be like she couldn't go to the bathroom the first time we had her every time she um every time she pooped we we it was a big deal we were mm-hmm. like oh my gosh she went poop because it'd be like once every three days yeah. and i you know researched what can you do to help kids cats you know that mm-hmm. have an issue like contingency like she doesn't control her bladder and she has like these stomach issues and stuff so we put like pumpkin powder in her stuff and we mix everything with water to make sure she stays hydrated but i didn't know all this as we yeah, were you know it was kind of how, it yeah, how can you and, and even the vets didn't really have answers no yeah. no actually the, the first time we took her to the vet she was six weeks old it was right after we we had caught her and the vet you know, mentioned that there was nothing that they could really do to her, do for her. So they mentioned like, you know, we can go ahead and euthanize her. And, you know, we were kind of like, is there something wrong with her or is she in, in pain? And they're like, well, you know, it's just, it's going to be really hard. Sometimes they don't make it. And say. it sounds like they thought that maybe, you know, she could, as she got older, she would have more issues. And so they offered actually three times oh, <laughs> to wow. euthanize her. And to us, we're like, that's that's not no. that's, that's not, not the an right option. Thing, right? Yeah, that's not it wasn't the right thing. it wasn't even an option to us. So I mean, we I do manually um, like 
stimulate yeah, her. Yeah, you yeah. actually have to like find their bladders and squeeze. I've watched stimulate more. her bowel movements. If you looked at yeah. my Google search, um, it's literally like how to find a cat's bladder <laughs> and how to squeeze a cat's like bladder and how to find like you know yeah. uh, how to get them to go. But I mean, she's the love of my life. Honestly, she's she has changed my life so much um, in the past year that I I I can't imagine my life without her. So it's, I don't know, I know that everybody says this, but it's like, I didn't save her, she mm-hmm. saved yeah. me. Like she, yeah. And she really did she save me. She definitely found the right owner. I was about to say, you guys are saints were, in that respect. I mean, yeah. Nicole counts your praises every day when she talks about <laughs> I'm that. I'm just because... so happy. Like, I just don't know, I really don't know anybody else besides that me. That would do that. That would do that, and like, it's... Thank God. Yeah, no, it is. I'm it just is. always like, she's so say, lucky to have you. I'd say out of a thousand people, maybe one yep. would actually be like, you know what? I'll take this on and actually see it through. Because yeah. even that guy that said he was going to do it, he's like, oh, man, this it, is way well, more than I thought. Right. Like, I researched um, places that would take in paralyzed cats, and there's just not that many places across the country even. So mm-hmm. it sounds like if there's a problem like that, they would just put the animal yeah, down so, yeah. rather than take care of it. So. And yeah. that makes me, I don't, it, makes, yeah. it makes me, because she is so happy and she's so funny and she's so like full of life. And to think that she might have not gotten that chance. Like that, that opportunity, like, yeah. It, I can't, I can't even, I can't even think about it because obviously, you know, I spend <laughs> a good portion yeah, of, your day. of my life with yeah. her now. And she's just so, I mean, I'm not going to lie. We have probably had more than I, we used to go to the vet every other week for some kind. And I mean, I'm also over like Nicole. <laughs> if there's like one thing where if she's not oh eating one God. meal, it's like, we have to call the vet right now. Like, why is she not eating? This isn't normal. If so. the dog doesn't perk up for half a second, oh, we're going to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So I just, I don't know. She really, she makes, she makes me happy. And I just have such an, I never, like I would look at, I would watch like videos of people that, you know, took take, Mm-hmm. who take care of um, paralyzed animals, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, how do they do it? That, mm-hmm. that looks like so and now much you're work. you're that person. And I never would have imagined myself to, <laughs> you know, own, be able to, you know, take, but it's like, it's the things you do for love, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, absolutely. fall in love, and then suddenly there's no limit. There's nothing you wouldn't do mm-hmm. to the, make the, sure. The only other thing that I was curious about, how about training wheels? Like getting the we little tra- cycles in the back end. We did. That was one of the first things I did for her, and unfortunately for her, her bo- the way her bone is curved, and like one of her back legs is actually um, like missing a kneecap, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really bend. Um, and so to pull them apart and separate them, like what you would have to do, we did try. We tried twice, and the second time, it was a really bad experience. Her leg got got stuck, in oh. it, and she was freaking out. I was screaming and crying for Mike to come in to yeah. try to because we didn't know. What, I think I have a scar across my yeah, stomach. Yeah, yeah. And from I was like, experience. just get her. Yeah, it just it did. I I've seen it, and I it does wonders for so many. Um, but it just didn't. Work it just for her. didn't work for her, and it was fitted and everything. It just for her for whatever reason, the way her body was shaped, it didn't work. But she does get. I mean, even though her two back legs are both paralyzed and one's missing, in, like a kneecap, so it doesn't bend. She can go up and down mm-hmm. stairs. Well, she's probably she's, jacked. Right? She's <laughs> fast. She's crazy she has a fast. Really strong upper body. She should see her. So like, Jacqueline keeps her in this confined area. That's pretty big. It's probably like yeah, six by six. So she doesn't hurt herself. So she doesn't yeah. like you know. But like, she, during ha- the day. she does have a way to get out sometimes, and she'll <laughs> fly up the stairs. Oh, she goes. Uh, yeah, she's she has she's a pool crazy. bar. She smokes. Cigarettes. 
Yeah, it's, <laughs> she's, she's strong upper body, right? So. All right. Well, anyway, shifting gears. But anyway, that that's we could how, talk about cats all day. <laughs> Sorry, this well, is that, wasn't supposed to be no, a cat podcast. No, that's completely but. fine. These are the organic conversations that we enjoy. But this is how the, one of the things that one of the many things that Nicole and Jacqueline really bond over is animals. So I'm happy they have that in common. But the reason we had you guys on today is because we're showcasing small business owners. Right, and you guys mm-hmm. working with and your family owning Rachel's and Bad Axe, which is a I guess like an Asian fusion mm-hmm. restaurant, right? Yep. That's been around for a long time. You can tell us a little bit about that here in a minute. That's why we brought you guys on, and you guys happen to be our friends, right? So thank our you, really guys. good friends. Yeah. They're also in our wedding whenever that decides to happen. <laughs> yeah, whenever COVID allows us to have our wedding. Um, but I just want our listeners to know a little bit about you guys. So what, what's y'all's backstory together? Either of you guys can take the reins on this. When did you guys meet? Oh, Mike and I, we met um, in, what, 2006? Is that high school? I was still in high school. Mike was in college. So I was, um, yeah, we've been together. I'm I'm 70, what, 14 years? Going on 14 yeah, years 14 now? Years. 14, 14 years. 14 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yep. We've been together 14 years. Um, and Did yeah. you guys meet in, in before then? Well, or? It's, it's funny because her family owns a restaurant in town and my my family owned a uh, car wash across the street. That's right. So, the Minehold Car Wash. Minehold Car Wash. So, you know, actually a lot growing up, my dad and I would get donuts there. So, I mean, our families have always crossed, crossed paths. My brother took Taekwondo from her dad mm-hmm. uh-huh. yep. at a young age. Um, so we've always known, we've known of each other for a long time. But um, yeah, we started dating in 2006. She was a senior and I was in college. Um, did you guys end up going to the same school or no? No, I was at Northwood, mm-hmm. um, and she went to the University of Michigan. So when I graduated college, she was going into her sophomore year, right? Mm-hmm, right. So I, you know, searched desperately for a job in that area and moved down there as soon as I could. And uh, oh, and that's how you guys ended up in Ann Arbor. Yeah, it that's is, how we stayed yeah. there. Yeah, she was, oh, I was going to um, I was going to U of M. So um, you know, Mike knew he wanted. I mean, everyone usually thinks Mike actually is the um, goes to U of M because he owns so much more gear than I do. I mean, his even his bedroom as a child was decked out in U of M. Yeah. Um, and he's like the big football U of M fan oh, and basketball and all the sports. Yeah. yeah, everything, everything. So it worked out for him. It was like he got to attend school there without ever having to go to a single class yep. because he you know went to all the same parties all the same you know actually he would drop me off at class or we'd go to the restaurants and stuff like that but he never actually had to take a class but he did get the full <laughs> went to every football game i think he made a fake id like a student <laughs> id because yeah. um, student tickets were a lot easier to get than other ones so he actually had a student id we all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout but thanks to honey manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it can find to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands, even food delivery. How it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the price drop. And Honey saved me money, $15 off of my last, um, you know, clothes order, which is absolutely amazing. You go to try it and it's like, oh my God, it works. And you know what's crazy? Because I normally, before I go to check out, I have to go to a bunch of other sites when it says coupon, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, let me see if there's any coupons for this. Right. And this just 
continue it just takes out all that legwork absolutely and honey found it's over 17 million members over two billion dollars in savings if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out on free savings it's literally free and installs in a few seconds and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash coco. That's joinhoney.com slash C-O-C-O. You, you moved to Ann Arbor, you guys are living there, and then that's when you get your first really experience with the restaurant, right? Because you were still going back home to work the restaurant, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nope. Um, Mike is actually the one, to his credit, that would drive me back and forth every single weekend, um, all my years of college, but especially like my freshman and you know sophomore year. I know this sounds funny now, but we don't really have highways or freeways and bad acts or yeah, anything. No, so it's... it was kind of scary, you know, mm-hmm. when I would try to drive back and forth. Um, so Mike, Mike did take take that over, and it became very clear right away that you know I, I prioritized. Um, the restaurant and coming home on yep. the weekends over, you know, Mike would be like, but, but, but there's the football game. Like, <laughs> like, like this one, like, um, you know, so, uh, he, no, he has been very, very good, very understanding. He's always accepted, like the restaurant is part of who I am. And, yeah. you know, he's very, very close to my family. He's, um, you know, like he's the big brother that all my siblings never really, um, necessarily had, I guess Raquel had David, but um, <laughs> they're pretty, uh, they're kind of close yeah, you're in close, age. You're, but you're close, Mike's really close. He's like a sibling to like, yeah. Oh, oh he is. He's talking, it's very normal for Mike to be on the phone with my sibling, with mm-hmm. any of them or my parents at any given time yeah. over, even over me. So Yeah, um, I mean, when Jack and I first started dating, Raquel was in like a car seat, right? So. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> she was very, she was, yeah, she was very young. Um, but no, he's grown up. I mean, he's been in my life. I'm the oldest out of all of my siblings. You know, I have three younger siblings and Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, yeah, he's he's been very good of accepting that you know my family and with that the restaurant comes yeah. comes mm-hmm. first because it has to you know it, it no absolutely it has to. and what's it like like not only being a part of that but also having a re- I mean you always because the, the the stuff that we think about over here of, we don't have a restaurant so we're like oh you always eat for free you, you always have drinks you always do that but then there's also the other part of it it's like mm-hmm. you're because you're always cooking mm-hmm. right yeah, I and actually then, I work in the yeah I always work in the kitchen That's, and then Mike is always just helping out wherever he needs to be you know mm-hmm. wherever he needs to be he or, is Mike is very good if you run out of strawberries or raspberries or anything it's Mike knows that he's like the go-to man like yeah. he is who everyone sometimes he has to run to like now Meyer, but like or even you know McDonald's food and family when mm-hmm. they used to be right across the street or Walmart whereever it is but Mike is the go-to person yeah. when you I'm, need anything change right. a keg roll yeah. some sushi yeah. yeah. I could be at the house and I have to have my phone out I'm basically on call <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sometimes he walks in the door and hands you like all the stuff that he got and it's like I'm so sorry but you need to go back and get this, this and this and he you know and he's he's a good sport about it um and then there are actual literal times where I'm like okay we need help on dishes like you need to get on the dishes because they're just they're everywhere they're you know and he's yeah, he's he's anything from you know the the bus boy um, yeah. to the you know our deliver. Actually, during COVID, we started delivery. doing delivery. We had never done delivery before. And Mike, <laughs> Mike's the delivery. He did. Mike truly became like the delivery man for us. We we even joked about getting a sign to put like on his car and everything. But he did all of our deliveries and everything. So, um, so on a on a normal. 
in a normal economy, on a normal basis, what let's what what are normal struggles that a a small business, a restaurant would would find themselves? Because I'd like to compare the two. So, like on a normal given right. year where things are normal, economies are right. I mean, it doesn't have to be the best or the worst. Because right. you'd ha- you've seen that throughout all your years of working there and owning, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think, I don't know, it, just to provide a little context. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, so we've been, my, my parents opened up um, or built the business, I guess, 20 years ago. In 1998 um, is when we moved up here and they opened up. It was actually a donut shop. So we started off as a donut shop and we did like donuts and then we actually started doing like candy and ice cream and everything. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think after a couple of years, it became pretty pretty evident that it was really hard to survive yeah. off of, you know, selling 50 cent donuts. It's like just being and, a bakery now, yeah, right? It's yeah, hard it's, to just it's be diff- a bakery. In a town when there's only 3,000 people in it, it's, it's really hard to make a living off, you know, mm-hmm. off selling donuts and stuff. So we, you know, we kind of switched to a restaurant and we actually, we struggled for really, we struggled for 17 years. And it, it um, wasn't just... You didn't go straight to a restaurant. It was like Mm-mm. a Boston Market type where mm-hmm. you order up at the counter and you right. take it to your seat. Oh, so they've okay. gone through a few different transformations in terms of how their restaurant looks today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, because, I mean, it was restaurant. I think owning a business in general is is just incredibly, incredibly difficult. Yeah, so absolutely. We, but my parents probably should have, um, my parents probably they probably would have lost the business if it weren't for having our whole family there working. Um, yes. Even yeah, when we I were like in saying. junior high and high school, the only reason why we survived is because they had, you know, my mom, my dad, myself, and my, my, um, my other sister and my, even my brother, they, they had all of us that we could just all work together as a family. So maybe, you know, we, we weren't always paying out or worried mm-hmm. about, but we, well, in a, in a sense, why do you have to get paid, right? You're there feeding you. Right, that's exactly, your house. exactly. You're earning your keep that's in how, a sense. That's how we always looked at it. I mean, we never felt like we were forced to work or anything like that. It was something where it's, it's like, like it's the family you business. You wanted to work because you, you saw what it was. I mean, I like I remember my parents being extremely, It was they were always really stressed out. It was always can we pay the water bill? Can we pay, you know, what do we pay mm-hmm. first? What do we, what do we do? Okay. What if we lose the house or if we lose the business, then, you know, with my parents, they, um, they didn't really have a, there was no backup plan. So it was kind of like, this has to work. Plan A There's is the no, only plan. There's exactly, no contingency exactly. plan, B, C, whatever. So for 17 years, we struck, and that's what's crazy is looking back now. Um, so that was in it for 17 years. It took us 17 years to finally tr- turn that corner and start to be like, okay, I think we're not just, we're not drowning anymore. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're treading water now. Like we can, mm-hmm. you know, we're staying, um, and like, you can see, the you can see light the light. The the tunnel, exactly. Kinda. But we always talk about, um, how, if, if this, if COVID would have hit, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, before we kind of turned that corner, there's no way we, our business would have survived. There's a, and we all are in agreement. There's absolutely no way that if this would have happened seven years ago, that we would still be open right now, um, having gone through COVID and everything, mm-hmm. because it's, you know, I guess going back to what Victor talks about, like what, what are the normal struggles? I mean, yeah. the normal struggles are, 
it's, I mean, obviously having people to work yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a restaurant business. It's not like you can plan for it. You, you hope to be busier on the weekends, but you don't actually know, you know, and then. Because and we've, we've always talked about that. Like, how do you order food accurately mm-hmm. and how does it not go to waste if you don't sell as much mm-hmm. as you think that, you know what I mean? It, like these exactly, things come into play, exactly. right? And how do you, you know, it's, I think in general, and how do you, you know, say, how do you attract people? How what when people go out to eat, it's because they're choosing where mm-hmm. to go. They're choosing. They you don't know, have to no, go out. Nobody to has eat. to it's pick your restaurant. Exactly. No one yeah. has to go to your restaurant to eat or anything like that. So, um, you know, the the struggle before is okay. So how do we, you know, how do we get people to come in? How do we get people to come through that door? And how do we get them to keep coming back? Mm-hmm. And obviously, the answer to that is you, cons- you know, consistency and creating like the that atmosphere kind of, I don't know, like where people walk in and you, you're yeah. like, oh, this is, this is nice. Or like, this totally. is, this is fun. Or, you know, I yeah. love that one. I don't know that drink or something, but you, you have to be on all the time because people can love you as a restaurant and come in, but it's like the one time that you're not on is what you're going to see on Yelp. Like that's, yeah, the that's impression, very, you the know, impression and, that you leave exactly, on people. And, Absolutely. You know, the rise of social media just mm-hmm. within the past five, I mean, Yelp gives me like anxiety (laughs) and like Google has their own. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's, so you're constantly being, you know, rated and, um, you know, so it's, and when you do get a bad review, it's, it, it hurts. <laughs> it is. I mean, I know that it's, you know, it's business is business, but it's hard to not take it personal when it's like, oh, you try so hard, but you do come short sometimes. You're, we're not always perfect. Sometimes people do have to wait, you know, um, longer than they would like to wait to, you know, get seated or get their meal or whatever. So those are like normal, just everyday struggles. And so going how about now, like COVID hits, you know, you're hearing all these statistics and numbers about, I mean, not just restaurants, but restaurants are being hit particularly hard because other businesses, especially if you're just selling a product or good, you can go online Mm -hmm. or, you know, you can adapt a little bit. But a restaurant, it's like, well, in Michigan right now, you can't even go inside. Before it was you can go inside with a mask. Now it's outdoor seating only if you don't have outdoor seating, if you weren't set up that way or if you didn't plan ahead. Which a lot of people... It's hard to in Michigan because How? it's 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah it's you get cold. four months of good weather, yeah. right? So. And, and you guys luckily just recently started setting up a patio before kind of, or like in we between did. this happening. But now that I think about it, because we were trying to eat out the other day somewhere and it's like... In Bay City and it was even heating, frozen. Mm-hmm. Heating an outdoor area is eating up at cost. Mm-hmm. Everything's right? eating up. Like COVID, um, I mean, first of all, nobody had time to... Pl- Obviously, and obviously, yeah. there's people you know, like in the hospitals, dealing with much, you know. Yeah, much, we, we can um, all we can all agree that it's much worse for some other people. Some people lost their lives, and some mm-hmm. people are in the hospital Absolutely. and sick. And we we all agree that that's horrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. But there are other problems that people are facing aside from that, and that's what we're talking right, about today. Right. So I understand where you're right. From. I just I didn't want to come across as like no, insensitive or not anything. Not at all. Um, not at all. But there was you know everyone there was no notice. It was on Sunday night or Monday morning. They made, uh, you know, we got an announcement that by 3 p.m. all restaurants have to be shut down and can only do takeout. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is no time to react. There is no time to plan. You go from, you know, it's it was the day before St. Patrick's Day, I believe, or two yeah, days ago. Yeah, something ago. like that. Oh, yeah, a were, big night. A big it night. It was huge. I mean, we had made menus already. We had ordered all. I had bought, like, I don't remember. I think it was, like, 15 or 16 heads of cabbage. We mm-hmm. had, you know, that and, was. And you think about your inventory. You didn't have. 
to take out boxes. Everything no. was like if somebody was taking something home. Yeah. So you didn't keep the, a whole lot. The inventory that you did buy was mm-hmm. upped because yeah. of a holiday. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. Exactly. Alcohol so, and everything, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Right. No, it was. So, I mean, that was, I guess, it, you. it hit you and it hit you hard and fast right away because it, it did happen, you know, the day before St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I remember being, you know, we had all these menus printed and I was like, oh my gosh, like we can't. Like, can't do anything with this now. We have to throw them, we can throw them away. You know, yeah. there's nothing you can do with them. Um, and honestly speaking, before this hit, the percentage of takeout we probably did was, I don't know, maybe Five? Yeah. I, I wouldn't even say five percent. I wouldn't either, except for like on a busy. Right. busy because night. as a as a consumer on this side, we go there because of the experience yeah. and yeah. really good food, the yeah. drinks, the atmosphere is awesome. Mm-hmm. If if you go there on a normal night on a normal day, that's you know no COVID or anything. There's a that's lot of the people pla- there. It's the place to be. <laughs> it's the place to <laughs> be. Rachel's is the place to be. <laughs> and they have better food than any place in Bad Axe. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, so, it, even way further than Bad Axe. Yeah. Like, we we came home from Saginaw the other day and we we're like. Let's just go to Rachel's. <laughs> no, we love. Thank you, thank you. Guys. No, and, you know, and we we had never done we had never done takeout to that extent before. Um, so and, even having like the right boxes and bags and just mm-hmm. these little things that you don't even think about, suddenly people, you know, okay, how are we going to do like a lava cake to go? I don't know. What are we going to put yeah. the ice cream in? Mm-hmm. Um, I we, don't, you know. We reconfigured your parking lot to have cars to. park on a diagonal to keep traffic flowing. Oh, uh, yeah. Before there, where they used to kind of park straight in, it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you had cars pulling right up to the front door to get takeout, you had to make sure people weren't backing into each other, mm. so it was... Well, and the thing is, so I remember the first the first few days, um, right after the shutdown happened, and I would, you know, I did the the register, or counted, I guess, the drawer, did the money at the end of the night, and since things were starting to get bad, we had already told my parents, like, we don't want you coming into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Stay at home. Like, we don't want... We want you guys to be safe, and we're mm-hmm. all home right now. I, Mike and I had moved back home. We thought at the time it was just going to be for two or three weeks that we were going to be staying here. Um, but Mike and I were here. My sister was finishing up her senior year in college, and they called off classes, so she came back home. Um, and then my brother actually lives in New York City, and things started getting worse in New York first. And we were like, well, maybe you should just come home just in case. But So we were all at home. We were all there. You know, We said to my parents, there's no reason for you guys to be here and even We can risk. handle things. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we can handle it. And so I would do the drawer at night, and that whole first week I remember – I, I mean, like Mike, like I, I cried the mm. first couple of nights that I did the drawer because this, there was just, there's no way you we could survive. We can sustain, right? How are we going to sustain? You paid, and our, like the biggest thing with our family is we wanted to make sure that all of our employees still had jobs mm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a talk that our family had and we said, you know, yeah, we, we've always believed in, you know, treating our employees, um, honestly, like family yeah. and, we would go out of our way to like, you know, try to do like the extra stuff for them, whatever it was. But one of the things we said was, okay, well, when times are good, of course we want to share. And of course we want to give back. And of course we treat them, you know, um, the way, the Mm -hmm. way we do when we treat them, um, I guess really we well. Victor, Victor and I worked there. Yeah, we actually. Can, it's hard to say. Became, I don't know, so like, it, it, we felt like family. Yeah, like, absolutely. We can attest. Nicole and I, we worked they would there. Do I was for a bartender. Us. Nicole was serving. I did yeah. a little bit of serving, and and it was nice. You guys did. You guys did treat us really well, and oh, so yeah. I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> so, absolutely. I'm glad, no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that. 
glad that you guys uh, had that experience so that it doesn't just sound like I'm, you know, no. tuning in. <laughs> but like, you know, it said, okay, well, when times are good, we treat everybody good. Mm-hmm. But when times are bad, like, I feel like that's when your true colors really show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we could go ahead and shut down, you know, kind of lay off nobody, all of the employees. Yeah, nobody would fault you if you would have just said, hey, everybody's got to go and we can maintain this with just as a family. family. And because the mm-hmm. truth is we probably could maintain it with, you know, yeah. with our family and probably, I mean, we would still need a, a, a couple of our, you know, a couple um, people to be helping out, but we don't, we mm-hmm. definitely didn't need the whole, full you know, staff. the full staff, but we made it a point that we wanted to make sure that nobody's hours were going to get um, cut and the people that depended on the restaurant would continue to come in every day just like normal and get paid just like they normally would. Yeah, because that all trickles down. Yeah, you know? it really does. And we, we also, I remember a conversation we had too where we said if we lay people off, they may find another job in the meantime, and they have good employees. You don't want to lose those yeah, employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we it, didn't want to, they didn't want to take that risk of losing some of the good people just right. because you were struggling a little no, bit. No, so, so it was a sacrifice that we made. We were like, it doesn't, we're going to do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. We're going to keep all employee, all of our employees, and we're going to continue to pay them the way we have always paid them. And um, we're, you know, that's not where we're going to cut costs. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely days that, especially that first week where for a fact, we were paying out more than we were bring, than we were making. You're at a deficit. Hands down. So yep. it's not even like, oh, you're breaking even or anything like that. It's you, you know, that, that doesn't even co- cover the food or, yeah. you know, what it costs to run a business. That's just straight, um, like wages and stuff like that. And we're paying out what we just made and, What's crazy to me too is that you two, well, you find yourself in a unique, in a kind of a positive way that your jobs allowed you to work from home and you Mm -hmm. still had a job. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But now you got to balance working from home, but also trying to dedicate your time to the restaurant. And where does that line go from blurred to like, all right, this is the job that I'm doing right now. And then wait, time out. But I I also got the restaurant over here, but I still got to make my hours over here, but I got commitments that I need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how how did that play in (laughs) to you guys? Like, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was kind of funny. We all actually took the, since nobody was even allowed in the restaurant doors, um, Mm -hmm. like in terms of customers or anything, we all kind of uh, picked a table, like our own (laughs) table. They have like, like table, like D1, D2 and D3, Mm -hmm. like, we all set up shop at like we picked a table and we brought in our laptops and our monitors and like that became our working station (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so it looked it was like a restaurant converted into like an office (laughs) or something but was um, it weird to detach though because now you're at the restaurant it's it's like easy to hey guys i need my actual my number one job over here because this is what's kind of going to help pay the bills and support other things if you know if all else fails right yeah I think because the restaurant was so slow in the beginning that we we had time to, I guess, adapt to it per se. And I've always been like a multitasker. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, like that was... I You're mean, in heaven. I, in terms of working, like, you know, outside world aside, yes, I, it, it was the best was of both stop. worlds. Like, yeah. I could literally sit there and get off a conference call and jump in the kitchen and be like, okay, like, what's going on back here, guys? Like, it was, you know, I... For me, that was like very, um, like that's where I guess how I would say I I do my best work is when it's like mm-hmm. there's so many different things going on and Controlled I don't have to just chaos. yes exactly and you're not just sitting in, staring at a screen for nine hours with no breaks in between it's right. like you know you can stimulate your mind in between was but. it was it harder for you Mike to kind of like it's a little harder you know but I also I would get to work earlier I'd get there at eight mm-hmm. and no one would be at the restaurant till. 
10 o'clock, 10.30. So I'd get a lot of my stuff done in the morning. And if I had conference calls, I'd go into the patio part where no one, no <laughs> the one could bug me. The patio became the conference room. Like yeah. You had to book it because we would all fight about it. We would be like, I have a call in 10 minutes. Like, you better be done. So. And it got to the point where I'd put a chair in front of the door. So no one would, because people would just bust in and ask me a question. I'm like, I'm on a, a, a Microsoft video, Teams meeting, yeah. you know, a video yeah. conference. So. Yeah, um, no. It was hard finding the balance in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of, I don't know. I just feel like you always... Like you do it. what you have to do. Like you mm-hmm. do what you have to do to survive and you do what you have to do to like keep both, you know, you just, you figure it out. I'm, I'm like a, I, and it drives a lot of people crazy about me, but like, I don't always have a plan. I just know that like, it'll work out. If we have, you can, we have to make it work out. Like there's mm-hmm. not really, I guess I learned that from my parents. So, mm-hmm. you know, when COVID hit, it was one of the things was like, what how can we get people to come in? And one of the things that had always been popular with us is once a month we do like a sushi night. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of work. <laughs> because we, you, know, you guys we just had like, a sushi night yesterday, did, right? We, yeah. Because we're shut down, so we started doing it again like how we were during oh, COVID. Okay. Um, but I remember our first sushi night that we had... This sounds really bad. I, I I only posted on Facebook, and I remember it being like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't think we're going to be that busy, but hopefully, I'm like, I'm posting it the day of. How busy can we really be? But yeah. hopefully, you know, it'll k- kind of get the word out there. Mike's like, we're going to be busy. I was like, no, we're. I was like, there's no way. Like, I didn't Mike post it. it. I called it. I bet her dad a hundred dollars. He did. Because normally we would do on a normal sushi night before COVID, we do what four hundred rolls. Three or yeah, three, three, or, three to four hundred yeah. rolls. And I said, I bet you we'll do 300 easy today. And he's like, no way. We'll do less than 200. I'm like, I'll bet you 100 bucks we do more than 200. <laughs> we ended up doing 800 oh rolls. Oh, my on. God. <laughs> It was insane. It was my okay. That my mom Knocked took the phone. The uh, we I I announced it at two o'clock, and this is the first time we ever did online orders too, right? So we're not oh. really used to doing it. We don't have an online ordering or anything. Um, I turned it on at two, and by five thirty, somebody sh- they shut it off because they couldn't. They got seventy six so orders. Up. They shut it off <laughs> um, in two hours that we couldn't even. <laughs> by the time you got to the order and you're writing it down, it was it was already due. We shut it off, and so people start commenting like. On Facebook, like I can't order, I can't order the things it. We're like, oh my! And the phone, it it, never, it just wouldn't stop. Um, <laughs> I think my mom took one of them off the hook because she was just like, we can't, like yeah. we can't even get the food out. Like mm-hmm. there's. 40 cars out there lined up and we're, we were backed up an hour. We'd never, I mean, in, how, how early I, I into the pandemic was that? Um, it was about what, two or three weeks, three weeks into the pandemic. Yeah, maybe three weeks. So three was, weeks. That, was that one of those moments where it was like, you can finally smile? Yeah. We did. I mean, not while it was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but when after, it was all said and done. It was all, when it was all said and done, we all actually, and we've never do this with each other. We walked out and we all just started clapping. Like when we all, like, you know, <laughs> It, yeah. was, it was like 10 of us that were all like working and running around like chickens with the head cut, our heads cut. But that was the busiest, obviously, that we had been. But it was like you went from nothing to like the busiest you were even pre-COVID yeah. times yeah. in that one um, that one day. So that's when we learned a lot of <laughs> what not to do <laughs> for the next one, um, you know, like what Mike said, that's kind of how we, that's when we decided to paint new lines, like on the mm-hmm. parking lot. Cause we're oh. like, we can't, there's 40 cars and nobody's really telling them how to line up. So they're just 
zigzagged and kind of going all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we realized like, okay, so we need a process. Like we need to get like a construction cone and we I need mean, to get like a sign out there and like a nobody new, can uh, park. set of SOPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, and it's, you learn as you go, like where are yeah. you going to find a manual to tell you how to do curbside, like pickup? Like there is no, yeah, it, was, um, it was tough to guess how many people would come that day. We, you know, 800 rolls was just, well, and, and, and I guess we're talking pre COVID versus COVID pre COVID days. Like I, it's like a thing I have to post it like, because we don't really pay for like advertising in terms of like, you know, the radio or TV yeah. or anything well, like that. And, and, and just to give people a little sense, you're talking about a small town. So word spreads fast. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to do like an ad on mm-hmm. Facebook. Right. If you do something early enough or kind of like just get it out to a few people, it'll get shared. People will talk about it. Word of mouth is what oh, sells. Yeah, yeah. If you look at a Facebook post, everybody's <laughs> tagging people in the comments and it's like, <laughs> they love- spread it for us. It's, yeah. it's, it's thank awesome. God. No, thank you. Thank you to everybody that spreads it for yeah. us because it's, I mean, there, and there are times where it's like, I haven't posted yet because I just haven't had a chance. But before it's like you, like one week minimum, like mm-hmm. if I want less than that, then you might as well not even do it because there's no way it would get out in time for enough people to, to know. So it'd be, you know, pre COVID at least one week notice mm-hmm. so that people, people would start calling in for re- reservations yeah. and stuff. Um, and then that day I posted it two hours before we started. That's it. And <laughs> I said, nobody's going to see this. And Mike's like, what did you say? I said, everybody's sitting at home, not doing anything. You know, they're going to see sushi and jump out and do their cars. Right like, away. So, an excuse, really an excuse to yeah, go an excuse get out of your car, yeah, get out in the house, go drive, even just to go pick it up. Yep. You know no, and I mean? customer, they were so, so nice. Thank God. They were so, so Yeah. We nice. had customers waiting an hour to get food and they were still so thankful that, yeah. you know, they were able to get sushi. And they even said, they're like, well, either we're sitting at home waiting for an hour we sit in our car and, we an hour and i was like that's a really people good watch a little bit yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's part of why we love this area i mean people if you if that happened down where we live mm-hmm. i don't think people would be as Ain't receptive Arbor or yeah city. they'd be like oh we're going somewhere else and then you have options yeah exactly right? and that you have options things. so you know we really appreciate no we do the people we wouldn't, i mean that's part of the reason why we've also been able to i guess make it through to this point yeah i was about to say so moving forward to now you know how are things more or less for you guys i know it's still a struggle right because all things aside nobody can really eat inside anyway and here in michigan yeah in other places let's say texas or Mm -hmm. florida in the south you can have outdoor seating all year round you know here it's starting to snow it's below 30 right so mm -hmm. you know so what's gonna what's next it's i don't know i mean it's it's hard even right now even right now, our sales on like a normal day are are down about seventy percent. And it's just because it's getting cold, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like we were saying, heating the outside is expensive. Yeah. Exactly, and, and it's in, it's an imperfect thing because it's yeah. not enclosed because it can't be. Well, and with COVID, I mean, we we have disposable menus, so we were literally ordering mm. a thousand menus. Every you have to throw mm. that away. We're no longer like using the same like napkins we used to. We we throw everything away. That's kind of the whole thought, for, you know, with yeah. cups and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. use cups that you just throw away right now to try to just minimize like that the exposure. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. So just right there, I guess the costs, the costs that people don't ever even think of are, are there now that we were, you know, normally you print out menus and then you use that menu. Um, now it's laminated, you wipe it down, yep. you reuse yeah. it. Right? Yep, exactly. So, I mean, times are, times are really tough. Um, I think that I was actually just listening and they said that 110,000 restaurants have shut down long-term or shut down for good, for good. Like since, closed. Closed, like done since, um, since COVID hit. Wow. Um, so that's like one in six restaurants have had to 
just literally shut down. Oh, that's sad. Because um, you think about that. I mean, it, it, you talk about it as a number, but each one of those is exactly. one of your families. Yeah. Exactly. Right? If exactly. you're related to like, oh, that's my exactly. Or the, you, you know. can think it's a statistic until it's like, you know, that's a whole family that's yeah. out of business exactly. now. And some people have been doing that for 20, 30 years. And mm-hmm. now, now what? So no, exactly. It's, it's hard, but we just try. I don't know. We try to be optimistic. We try like we're thinking of things that we've never thought about before. So it's like. Okay, we're not, you know, even when it was Easter or Mother's Day, well, normally people come out to eat. Yeah. What, can, like, what yeah. can we do? So, you know, we started doing, like, the bundles, and we started doing, um, mm-hmm. thank God, it, it, that we can do cocktails to go now. We couldn't yeah. do that in the beginning. Yeah. But um, you're just constantly, like, racking your brain, like, how can we make up for all this business that we're, like, how can mm-hmm. we, like, you're just trying to survive. You're not trying to yeah. even make money. You're just right. trying to, like, get through it so that you can still be there. I was about to say, there. imagine how it's going to be however, whenever that is again where we're all just at the restaurant hanging out <laughs> without a mask, yeah, you know, no. and it's just like, wow, you guys, you know, we're here, yeah. right? You made it through. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. <sighs> I don't know. It's it's really hard. It's, you know, it. you just you just don't know and you do go week to week. Like every time the governor makes an announcement, like we all turn it on and we all go sit in front of the TV and kind of wait to see, okay, mm-hmm. are we going to be able to open or or not? Yeah. And it's not, you know, I'm not saying, um, like I understand why we're, it does, yeah. it, the situation, it, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just important to remember like to support your Restaurants, yeah, support, support your, your local business. Yeah, just support yeah, them. Oh, like, see, because that's what I was going to say. You're absolutely right. Just because, yeah, I know there's people that work at KFC and Taco Bell, but mm-hmm. the corporation is going to be fine, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Corporate that owns probably like three or four of those restaurants all together, right? They, right. they might be separate in your town, but they're all one company. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And no. I will say we do our, I think we do our part too when we're not working or even mm-hmm. when we are working, we get food at other restaurants in town. Yeah. We always do. We get takeout, you know, from all the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we support the other restaurants and other local businesses as much as we can because oh, we know yeah. that how hard of a time we're having, like they're mm-hmm. obviously in the same position as we are. So, yeah. you know, we try to, you know, tip, and, tip and as tip much as we can. Tipping, and, you know, oh, Nicole because, and I are huge. And Nicole yeah. makes sure, she's like, make sure you tip 20, 25%, whatever. And you guys yeah. understand that because you worked in the, in yeah. the restaurant yeah, business. So like, some yeah, people for takeout, I'm like, make sure you're tipping as if you're eating. Exactly. Because otherwise, it's like, <laughs> what are they getting? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's their livelihood too, right? So. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for sharing that with us, yeah. for being for being here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to beat uh, Mike here in Madden here in a little <laughs> oh bit. We're going to eat some pizza. Yeah, I do have to compliment pizza. you guys really when you guys talked about you guys working. Victor could do make drinks like he was like like when you watch a bartender that knows how to like you know pour like oh, the drinks please, and make Jacqueline, them taste no. good. And he, I'm not gonna lie, Victor was um, a very. You know what that that was a lot of acting because when somebody would order, I swear to, I swear to you, if somebody ordered a Long Island iced tea, I'd give him the face like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'd turn around like try to get on my phone real quick. I, I, I'm just I'm gonna, but then you would come and you would sit there and pour, you know, do I'd all do the pours yeah, and I'd everything, with and smile, and they would just yeah. take it oh, whether no. it was good well, that's or not. What we started first hanging out is you'd be you're working out and yeah. sit there and watch football we would watch it together but you were kind of working and doing yeah, it all yeah, at once yeah yeah so. we talk bs tell, I'd be yeah, tell mike that you need another keg brought over yeah. and, um, <laughs> you know and then me and nicole would be running and i will say that nicole can run circles or nicole, i don't know if yeah. a lot of people know 
Um, Nicole's a hustler. She, she, I, I've worked with a lot, a lot of people, obviously. And I, you know, I remember the first day working with Nicole, I was like, you know, we had, that was before we were even friends. You Mm -hmm. had just started working. We knew each other, but we weren't like friends or anything. And I was like, Nicole's a really good worker. She's (laughs) a really (laughs) hard worker. And she caught on like that. Like she, there was not a, there really wasn't training that had to, you know, she just just had to know the menu. But like, besides that, Nicole, um, yeah, the menu was probably what I struggled with. Sometimes I'm like, wait, what what is, or the alcohol. I'm like, wait, crap. (laughs) What's 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 on tap? (laughs) No, she's so cute. Nobody would complain though. So, I'm always, I just like really just run around and make she, sure everything's taken And she care. actually, and I mean like actually runs around. She's actually running around and she's like somebody that you like, like if Nicole's working, you're like, okay, well, Nicole can take, you know, all these tables and, you know, we have. We'll uh, be all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be fine. Nicole can watch. Like, so I do just want to, it was a lot of fun. We, you know, yeah, we had it was, a lot I of fun. I loved working there. When I, after I won Big Brother, I was like, I want to do something. I don't want to go back to this stressful nursing stuff. I just want to like. I want to be a waitress and like go work at Rachel's. I love Rachel's. Like, let's go there. And then that's, I'm glad I did because that's why we're, I feel like such good friends now. No, yeah, yeah, no. Cause you go through those things where you're literally like sweating and (laughs) overwhelmed and, or, you know, sometimes like having issues with customers, whatever it might be. You kind of go when you Mm -hmm. work in a restaurant in that kind of atmosphere, I feel like. I'm happy I got that experience. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm happy I got that. It's good to be on the other side of things. Mm -hmm. So that way when you, I feel like I'm very understanding if something comes out wrong yeah. anywhere or if something, you know, tipping, just anything, you're just like... You put yourself in their yeah. shoes and it's like, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, one time, one time, not at your restaurant, but I worked um, the Cheeseburger Festival mm-hmm. once at Riverside and I dropped a whole tray of waters <laughs> in someone's oh, lap. Oh, like, that was, and they, gave, they like gave me, so I was new, and they gave me the outside. So I had to like walk out oh, the door, gosh. down steps. I was my first time waitressing. I had this big tray, and I was like, oh my god, just please give me the tables inside. But like the daughter oh, would gosh. take the good tables, and I, oh my god. Anyways, they were very understanding, but I was like. Okay, that could have been really bad. So if someone does that to me, I deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and you understand, like, it happens. Yeah. Like, it literally, or, like, when somebody forgets, like, to, you know, bring, I don't know, bring yeah. you a refill or anything. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you're not on the other side, you might be like, oh, yeah. well, I, I asked her, you know, 10 minutes ago. And being on the other side, I mean, Nicole or Victor, you guys know. We know like, what can oh, absolutely. You have I mean, 20 different people asking yeah, you for something and you're you trying forget the to. Butter, yeah, and it's yep. like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I was getting, yeah. you know, five yeah. other things mm-hmm. for other people. No, yeah, I think absolutely. It, it just but the restaurant business is so much fun. Like, I, I, I loved it, and I always want to like one day maybe I'll own something. I just want something small, but it's fun because I like even when I worked at Rachel's, and you just make people happy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, your restaurant is like a bit one big family, and we just feel like it's a part of a community. It Absolutely, is. definitely a part of the community yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys again uh, for not only being our dearest friends and being <laughs> in our wedding, but for doing the podcast because I know you guys were nervous oh. and you guys killed it. Yeah. Thank you right. for inviting Ooh. us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. <laughs> oh right. We're going to go play with the cats now. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I hope you enjoyed listening to Jacqueline and Mike, our good friends. Um, it was really great to have them on, their first podcast debut. And I think that makes sense, right? Absolutely. Okay, debut. I'm just and That's a big word for me. And um, <laughs> So now we are going to share a story of one of our listeners, and we hope you enjoy that as well. Yep. Ashley Young, take it away. 
Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much, Ashley, uh, for being on our uh, podcast today as we showcase small businesses. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. I'm super excited to be on with you. <laughs> you sound very calm, so that's good. That's very reassuring. I, I am right now. It's my morning like out. I just left the store, so I'm on my way home now, so I kind of take that moment to like chill out before my crazy day starts. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, um, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley Young. We know uh, you have a, a small local business, and that's why we wanted to talk to you, and we want to support you. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, we started the business. It's been a little over a year now as of November. Um, so we started in a 450 square foot building and I had between 35 and 55 vendors. They are all handmade, um, crafted like local people from the area. Um, I do have a couple that live like Grand Rapids, Lewiston, like there is like three or four of them that live not in the local area, but they are still like handmade vendors. Um, so they like send us their stuff through the mail. And then we decided after a year we were going to expand because not only did we need more room, but we had a lot more people that kept inquiring to be a part of our store. Mm-hmm. So okay. we knew if we wanted to expand, we would have to get a bigger building because we could barely move in the one we had before. Um, so we now opened up the new one, which is in downtown Trenton, which is 2,800 square feet. Oh, wow. That's so a, we that's went. A big change. Um, Yep, and now we officially have 94 vendors. Wow. A part of the store. So yes, yeah. your store is in Trenton, Michigan for people who don't know. It is called All About Grace and there is a story behind that. Is that something that you want to share? Yes. So, um I had a daughter named Grace. She was 2 years old and um she got sick a little over a week prior to Christmas. Um, she was complaining about her left leg bothering her. She was having a hard time walking, but just complaining more of soreness. Mm -hmm. And she started to get like a fever and stuff. So we decided to take her into the hospital and they did a, um, an x-ray and everything. And they seen that there was a hole in her bone. So they weren't too alarmed at first because they said it could be like, um, when the children grow, they have like holes in their bones that are kind of like composites, I guess they call them, that they don't fully form yet. Mm-hmm. So they told us that they weren't too worried about it. They said, you know, um, contact a specialist in the next week and have it looked at. So we decided to wait that week and a couple of days went by. Um, she ended up getting strep throat and got a really high fever. So we stayed home. Um, she stayed home for Christmas And then the day after Christmas, um, my ex-husband called me and said that she couldn't walk at all. So um, I met him and we went down to Children's downtown. And this was about a little after 11. So then we were there all day. We got testing done. Um, She was very sleepy, very out of it. A lot of the nurses would come in to take blood. They thought like maybe she was joking with them about sleeping. Like she was very... If we tried to move her, she would scream in pain a lot. So we were very kind of confused on what was going on because it was so sudden. Yeah, that's very odd. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, the doctors came in and we noticed, like, her blood, um, like, was starting to surface on her skin, which was really weird. So they asked if it was normal. And I was like, no, no, like, this has never happened before. So when I was kind of stepped out of the room for a minute, 
the doctors were standing there and they asked me to go back inside. So I went back in the room and they came in and they said, you know, I'm really sorry. Her blood, her blood count was dropping by like 20s. So by this point, when they came in the last time, her blood count level was at 24. So at this point, she was barely even there, to be completely honest with you. So at this point, they said, you know, we're going to admit her and we're going to test her for leukemia. So at this point, my grandma passed away from leukemia. So I kind of knew a little bit of like a background of it. Um, it, it is in our family and stuff like that. So I kind of knew that, you know, what I, obviously I thought the worst of everything at this mm -hmm. point. Yeah. So we decided uh, my ex-husband stayed there. I went home, took a shower, packed a bag, kind of did that kind of thing. Cause I was at this point, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So he called me and they told me the room they were in. They admitted her and everything. And about 10 minutes later, I got a phone call and he's just screaming in the phone. And he said, she's not breathing. And my, obviously my first instinct is to just jump and run out the door. Mm -hmm. So at this time, um, me and my ex-husband were split up for a few months and I was dating my high school sweetheart from when I was in high school. We reconnected and we were dating at the time. So I called him and I said, she's not breathing. I have to go. And he said, do you want me to drive you? And I said, no, it's okay. I'll be fine. Well, I made it to children's in about seven minutes which normally is about a 15, 20 minute ride. I don't know how I made it oh, there. Wow. I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know exactly. I know people were there with me on that ride there, but I made it downtown in seven minutes. And I can't even, when I sit back and look at it, it's kind of crazy. Like when I walked, when I went into the parking garage, there was a parking spot right next to the elevator. And I parked, I jumped out, I got in, the elevator door was ready to be opened. I got in the elevator, I ran through that hospital, and every person was standing there waiting for me. Like, a person with a sticker no knew my name, where I was going. Like, it was really odd the way everything went. Mm -hmm. And when I turned the corner, and there's just doctors standing around her, and you can't, I couldn't see her at the time, but we're just standing there, and they said, you know, we're going to the ICU. So as they bring her out and turn the corner, there's a lady over her. They're doing compressions. They're pumping the bag to keep her going until they get there. So we follow them down there and they say, you know, please wait outside the doors. So we're sitting there waiting. And I really don't know how long it was. Obviously, it felt like forever. But they opened the door and the guy just looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And at this point, it's one of those where you're like, what, are, what do you mean? Because for us, she was fine this morning. Yeah. She's been fine. So they said, do you want to go back and see her? And I said, yeah, that's fine. I will. I, I, I have to. It's not. So I walked in there and I just stood in the doorway. And I just kept saying, please just come back. So there was twice she came back. And her heart beat a couple times and then she would go again. And they just kept pumping her, kept taking turns because that's what they do. They give, you know, so many people, mm -hmm. they alternate people. And finally, I just said, I, we can't do this. So like I went over and I grabbed her hand and she was cold. And I just thought to myself, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Because for one, it's not for me. I'm like, I can't. She's not going to come back. 
So like, I just, I just told them, please stop. So obviously they, they, you have to be the one to make that call. So they'll keep going until you tell them to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I told them that, you know, enough was enough. And she went fairly fast after that. Um, I had to get like an autopsy done. We didn't know. At this point, we still had no idea. Like they, the hospital had no answers. Like the doctors just looked at me and just said, you know, I'm sorry. Like they did tell me that I could vent her. I could um, keep her on life support for two weeks. Um, And it would pretty much just be for my benefit because she was completely brain dead. Um, They told me that they said if it was the type of leukemia that they thought or had an idea on, the kids are in excruciating pain for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like they no no child has lasted over two weeks with this type of leukemia at the time. It may have changed since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, they told me and they said she's in a, she's in excruciating pain and there's nothing they can do. And I mean, obviously, I knew that because during that day, anytime you touched her, anytime you moved her, anything, it was like you couldn't even touch her without her screaming. Like, that's how much pain she was in. So knowing that she wasn't even awake and in this body now, I I can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. So we just decided that we would just let her go. And um, then later, that's when we found out that she had leukemia in her system for four days. And um, it took over her system and went septic. Oh. And like there, there was, with her being sick and everything else going on, mm-hmm. it, um, it hit her system a lot faster. But they said with the type of leukemia it was, that it just, it kind of just takes over. It's very aggressive. And we just knew at that time we did what, what was best. But, I'm so sorry you had yeah, to go through that. So, so sorry. I can't even imagine. So it's kind of just, I started crafting for, you know, mm-hmm. my anxiety, my stress, my OCD that has, you know, went crazy, but um, it helped out a lot just starting my own business with that. And then mm-hmm. it just kind of grew to what we have now. And we're so much with the community. We donate so much. We do fundraising. We're so much a part of more than just a store of crafters. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring something different, not just events, workshops, having a store. I love giving back, doing things for the kids, the schools. We did so much for, you know, the EMS, the hospitals in our area. Like we just, it's just more than I own a store, Mm -hmm. but I have my daughter to thank for that too. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And do you guys, um, do you guys have, do you guys sell your stuff online? Um, we do, uh, we do right now with everything with COVID, we like to offer the online shopping. So if people see anything on our Facebook or on our Instagram, we'll pull it. They can, they can pay online, they can pay through the phone and then we'll keep it. We do curbside. They can come pick it up in the store. Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly we are still a full functioning, like you can come in and still shop and stuff, but we do offer that just for COVID issues right now. What is your, what is your Facebook page? If our listeners want to go and check out your stuff or your Instagram. It's just all about grace. Okay. And then um, you can always type in Trenton too, so it'll pop up that way. Okay. But all right. yeah, it's just all about grace. 
Well, we appreciate you uh, sharing a piece of your mm-hmm. story with us mm-hmm. and uh, for Thank being you. a small business owner. I know times aren't the easiest right now, but um, it's honestly... It's not, but honestly, the people have been great and our local people, we have a lot of support and that helps too, like when we did a lot with, you know, the EMS, the hospitals, the police officers, like donating masks, like we did so much for the community that we feel like they just gave it back, which was so much better. Mm-hmm. So like, honestly, I can't thank the the local people, the support we have. I mean, our vendors bust their butts, but honestly, like the community has been great. That's so good to well, hear. Well, that's amazing. We're very, mm-hmm. very happy for you. And we're, we're happy that we could do a little bit by sharing your story on, on our thank podcast. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. And thank you guys for giving me the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully it doesn't get too crazy. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I hope not. But hey, you never know with the kids and everything else going on. It's yeah. it's it's a different day every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, wish you the best of luck and uh, maybe well, we'll talk you to you so soon. Much. Yes, thank you. Yes, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Hold up. It ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over yet. All right, Nicole. Spanish word of the day. Okay. (laughs) Negocio. Oh. Negocio. Is it a dessert? No. Is it something to do with Christmas? It doesn't have to do with food or Christmas. Negocio. Can you use in a sentence? That's a really stumper. Okay. Uh, so, so. Support? Ne, no, negocio is a, you know, is a, is a word, right? Okay. Negociar means to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, negocio. Does not mean to negotiate? No. But what, what does that do? What, what do you do? What do you have to negotiate in? That has to do with our... This is the main topic of what we're talking about. You have to negotiate in a relationship? The main topic of this podcast. Oh, um, you need to negotiate... Uh, you're talking about with small shops? Business. Business. Negocio. Negocio is business. Oh, it's a business. Yes, business. Oh, that's like different. It is weird. Yeah. But, well, that's why it's... Because it's like negociar means negotiate and negocio is business. Oh, wow. Or you could say like empresa is another one. You know, hmm. but like interesting. <laughs> that is one that I will not remember because that <laughs> I don't know how to make like a connection to business. With but, that. Yeah, but well, there's no B word. I mean, it's easy. It's obviously easy if the word in English and Spanish start with the same letter. I get right? that. I understand that. You really stumped me on that one. I've been doing really poorly lately with those. <laughs> do you have a weird or normal, or do you just have a topic for? Today? I kind of have a, just like a topic. A general. Okay, so wrapping gifts. Wrapping gifts is wicka, something. Wicka. That I think I'm excited about until I start and then I'm like a couple in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I cut the paper too small. And that seems like a common theme with you. Yes, I do. (laughs) I cut it too small almost every single time. And what's really then I switch papers. So then I I like that is definitely oh that's good weird or normal. Okay, so then I collage it. Is that weird or normal? Is it weird to use two different Thing, two different sets of wrapping paper for one present for one present and i'd say absolutely i'd say 100%. but i think it's something real cool and it's a cool trend it looks real homemade-ish it looks like it's coming from the heart 
Um, you know what I mean? You didn't hire someone to rap it. You can tell that I rapped it. Is it is it cool and from the heart and a trend? Is that just a thing that you came up with after you realized that you cut it too short and you're like, well, I'm just going to use a little sliver for something else? I don't mind what my present looks like. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that you don't mind. Yeah, no, it's definitely an accident, but then I look at the positives of it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the positives of it is, well, this is cute. There's two different papers. One side has uh, penguins, one has dogs. And well, sometimes Nicole has to do it out of necessity because she doesn't have any more paper of the other one that, or the original one that she was using, or she's trying to yeah, use that the leftovers. First. That I think might... that's how it happened first. You were using leftovers. Okay, yeah, I was using. Is that kind of like scrapbooking, putting it all together? Um, but yeah, I guess is that weird? Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. And have you do you cut the paper too short? Like, what is the trick here? My mom is magnificent at wrapping gifts, and I just. Okay, and then also if there's just too much paper on the sides, I'm just wrapping it up and sticking it on. Like I know you're supposed to cut. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't know. You know, in my perfect world, I would just put everything in a bag and just not even wrap it. You know, it's not very fun to open. It sounds, it's more expensive. Before though. we have children, I think it's really important that we learn to wrap a little better. I'm pretty good at wrapping gifts. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I do think. Well, okay. D- normally, I don't have a gap, right? Like I did on that thing that we did. Okay. But I know. Yeah, you are. You're very. I can see you being a good rapper. Well, the, my problem is it takes me entirely too long because I want it to be so perfect for then it mm-hmm. just to be ripped open, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit too meticulous with my wrapping. Yeah, and I feel like as long as it's wrapped, it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. So cool. No it's ma- just no matter what. We dig it. It's hip. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. It, it, no one's gonna complain. Well, thank you guys so much. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on Apple Podcasts. You can go online or you can go on your phone uh, on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, you can also listen to this anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. And you can also check out our merchandise there. Please do not forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Twitter, or actually at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram, mm-hmm. and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. And this is our last episode for the year, so we hope you have a very happy holiday, and we hope you have a happy new year, and we will see you in 2021. Woo! Wee! Wee! <laughs> <laughs>